Welcome to Writing in the Real World. In this season of Writing in the Real World, I'm interviewing guests in a variety of professions to find out what kind of writing is required for the jobs you'd love to have. In this episode, I'll be talking with mortgage broker Andrea Glover, and by the end, you'll know exactly what communication skills matter most and three things you can do to improve your writing skills today. Andrea Glover is the owner and associate mortgage broker of DLC CME Heartland West Mortgages. She's been in the mortgage industry for over 12 years and loves her career. Although she enjoys the math involved with getting people their dream homes, she's also had to develop her writing skills. She estimates that 95% of her communication is by email. In this episode, she'll share the three writing skills that have made the biggest difference in her business. Without further ado, let's see what Andrea has to say about writing in the real world. As I I was looking at your uh, LinkedIn profile and seeing, uh, you know, looked at the different things that you've done, and it's interesting. Like it's not a straight <laughs> no <laughs> right so I, I I would like if you're open to it I would like to kind of highlight that sure you know it's not just a straight a straight thing so as we get started uh, I am curious why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got to be a mortgage broker like why why <laughs> Um, yeah, because I have had a lot of different career backgrounds. Um, I licensed in 2008. And for the three years prior to that, I was not working. I was staying home with our three young daughters. Um, and prior to that, I had owned Curves in High River, which is interesting. So anyway, we bought some land west of Nanton. Um, both my husband and myself have always been self-employed and we did a self-build on this land. So that was a very big challenge that, um, we faced a lot of no's, but we weren't willing to take no for an answer. And we wanted to do whatever it took to get, uh, our dream place fulfilled and built um, to raise our daughters on. And so, um, you know, we reached out to lots of different lenders and nobody wanted to finance two self-employed people building on an acreage west of Nanton that they thought was in the middle of nowhere. So I ended up um, finding a mortgage broker who is now my business partner, Ruth. And um, back then, thank goodness, it was a little bit easier for self-employed people to get uh, mortgages than it is nowadays. So um, she worked some magic for us, basically, and put our mortgage in place and allowed us to build on this land, which where we still live now. And I wouldn't change it for the world. So um, that's that's what got me into it, because I. I had a huge interest in it. I, I actually, interestingly, my very first year of university, I went to U of C and I was in business and I wanted to be a chartered accountant. That was where I originally started. So numbers has always been my thing. And so when I was working with Ruth, 
um, she's like, well, you basically just underwrote your whole file <laughs> because I was online doing mortgage calculators and all sorts of things. And um, so I thought, well, maybe this is something, you know, my next step in my career, because it really interested me. And it also allowed me to stay home with, mm -hmm. with our girls. I did um, make some phone calls in closets and uh, <laughs> <laughs> right um, out in the garage to, to step away from kids and everything else. But it, it fit, it fit my lifestyle and, um, and I loved it. So that's how that all started. Wow. Who knew? So who knew? it was kind of out of uh, necessity because you had a goal and you weren't going to take no. And you're like, well, what, you know, I, I struggled so much with this. So now what, maybe I can help other people as yeah. they're. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I realized, you know, working because that was, well, it was not the first time we'd worked with a mortgage broker but it was the first time I had worked with Ruth and I found that she took it to the next level. She educated us and basically put us in the driver's seat to say, you know, not just like, here's the rate, here's the product, you know, sign here. You know, she gave us all of the information that we needed and allowed us to make the decision that best suited our family goals and financial needs and so I felt like I could pass that on to other people because I've always felt you know we've gone into banks before and there's so many things they don't tell you that I think they should tell you <laughs> uh, right and um and so I felt kind of empowered that that I could I could do that and I could help people that where the bank told them no right so right mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned briefly that you came from, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. So you did business school. So that was interesting. You thought you might be a chartered accountant. And then you ended up owning Curves, which is like a women's fitness yeah. gym. So how, how did that? Yeah. Well, I only did one year at U of C in oh. business and I hated it because I came down, I came from the truthfully, I hated it just mainly because I grew up in High River, graduated from Senator Riley High School, 90 people in my graduating class. And then I went to UFC and I was in an auditorium of 500 people and I didn't like it. So I took a year off and um, a good friend of mine at the time, I was into exercise and running and fitness and a good friend of mine um you know, we got talking and she let me know she was going to take athletic therapy at Mount mm -hmm. Royal College. And so that really piqued my interest. So I thought, well, let's take that. And so her and I were roommates. And so um, we lived together and we studied together and we did really, really well. And this was back in uh, between 93 and 95 and the whole goal was for me to transfer back to U of C and finish my degree um, because John was rodeoing at the time and the sports medicine team was Dexter Nelson and Dale Butterwick and Dale taught at U of C and Dexter taught at Mount Royal so we had I felt even better education at Mount Royal because we were in a class of 20 people right mm -hmm. so my goal was do two years at Mount Royal transfer back to UFC and get my degree in athletic therapy. 
And I I got my diploma in 1995 and they made all the cutbacks in healthcare that year. And they were in the process also of getting degree granting status at Mount Royal for that program and that fell through. And then little did I know all my (laughs) courses I'd taken at Mount Royal did not transfer back to you. Oh no. (laughs) So it was, it was disappointing, but um, a second part of my work life was, uh, so that was 95. I was waitressing here. I was three years of, you know, college university, and I was still waitressing. Um, but I actually had always wanted to be a flight attendant. And so I got on with WestJet in their very, um, early stages. They started flying in 1996 and I started as a flight attendant with them in 97. So that taught me a lot about business working for WestJet because they are an amazing company. They empowered their employees and, um, you know, taught, taught me a lot about how to run a business. So that went on for three years. And then in 2000, right before I was about to get married in the high river times was an ad about curves for women looking for people, someone to buy the franchise and open that business. So it actually brought everything together for me because I had the business part and I had the athletic therapy part. So I didn't give it a second thought. And um, that was August of 2000. We got married September 2000. I was in Waco, Texas for two weeks of training in October of 2000. And I opened Curves November 27th that year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and it was it was great. I loved every second of it. Um, And I truly could put all of the schooling that I had came together. Right. So I did that. And uh, in 2002, Kalen was born 2003. Keely was born in the midst of it all. We bought our land. So I sold curves in 2005. And then um, and then fast forward to 2008, when I licensed as a mortgage broker, which our goal when we had kids was for me to stay home. So it, that truly allowed me to do that. So <laughs> kind so of a all, weird path, really but yeah, they do. Yeah, they do in a way. It sounds funny when you're kind of saying it out loud, but um, yeah, it, it, they all have come together for sure. So, yeah. So what kind of, uh, what kind of communication skills are involved? So as I mean, a flight attendant for WestJet, I imagine, I, I don't know about written communication skills, but I've been on a few flights and, you know, you have to talk to people in certain ways so that they do what you tell them to do. Yeah, for sure. And we had to, you know, do all the announcements, onboard announcements. Um, we did have to do some communication if we ever had a, it was called a incident report form, you know, when crazy things happened on the flights, <laughs> which they did, you know, we would have to fill out you know, a lot of paperwork and that sort of thing. Um, Not even just that, but daily paperwork that we had to fill out. Um, Yeah. And, and, you know, communicating with the guests on board, you know, when we had uh, turbulence and trying to keep people calm and, you know, if we had a mechanical or we had a weather delay or, you know, it was, you know, tone of voice and, um, and, and choosing your words to keep everyone calm. So for sure. 
And I bet that actually comes in handy uh, dealing with your mortgages. Getting a mortgage can be kind of a stressful time. Yeah. And I imagine that calm tone of voice that you use when you're experiencing turbulence uh, yeah. up in the air has come in handy when you are experience turbulence uh, in the mortgage process. Cause it's yeah. not always, I mean, as, as you mentioned, your first experience trying to get this land, both, mm-hmm. you know, self-employed, lots of turbulence, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I imagine that's the same with other people. Have you made any, I don't know if you're willing to share any bloopers, but anything where you early on in your career, where you communicated in such a way that you looking back, you go, Oh, okay. I've learned from that. I can do different moving forward. Well, I mean, there's always the autocorrect, <laughs> right? I mean, I would say that's more now than say back at the beginning of my career, because I do text a lot with, with my clients, not typically with lenders, but right. um, autocorrect is, you know, definitely not, not the best. Um, I would say, I guess I don't necessarily have a blooper that stands out, but I've definitely progressed over the last 12 or 13 years from say original emails I would have sent to one that I send now. And I, I try, um, I try to be as clear um, and concise as possible without not using too many words. Right. Right. You know, and because, you know, like you say, most of my clients, I mean, that's, even the language that we use, uh, I'm used to it, but they might not be used to it. Most people aren't, right? So I have to definitely take that into consideration when choosing my words. Um, And I've taken a few courses, you know, over the years, there's one fella in the industry that that's all he does now. He doesn't even actually actively work as a mortgage broker. He just teaches courses. And Mm. one of the most important things I've taken from his uh, training was to read and eat, read or reread an email three times before hitting send. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> and that is good advice because um, definitely in this industry, especially when it's a purchase involved, time is always of the essence. And for the most part, I, I try to be as, um, you know, quick responding and effective as possible. But on the other hand, I'm also waiting for other people to respond to me. Right. So I sometimes, you know, catch myself getting in a big hurry. When I finally get an email that comes in, I've been waiting for (laughs) to reply to it. But then I, you know, have to remind myself to slow down and make sure that because once it's gone, it's gone. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Once you hit send, it's uh, not coming back. So just, I guess, choosing, choosing your words really carefully mm, mm-hmm. and also not to create panic, um, you know, or fear in people and, you know, assure them that things are moving as they are, are to be moving, even though it feels sometimes that it's slow process. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, the process on your end and, and your confident or I mean you know what's going to happen next mm-hmm. but then finding the right words to convey that yeah uh, you know when it's where, who knows how many uh 
how many mortgages you've put together and it might yeah. be their first, right? And so like you said, they're reading that language for the first time. Yeah. And going, ah, should I panic about this or? Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, not? exactly. Exactly. So what does a day look like for you? So if somebody were thinking, hey, you know, I, I like business stuff. I, I think I could manage this communication stuff. But what does it actually, like, what does your day look like? Nine, I would say 95% at least of my communication uh, with lenders and with clients is is written is email. And so my day usually, well, always starts the first thing I do is open all my emails and, you know, prioritize, I guess, um, what needs to be answered first, if nothing else. Another thing I've learned, because it means a lot to me is I like to at least acknowledge receipt, even if I don't have a, a reply or an answer. Um, because you know how it is with technology, things, things get lost and thing emails don't always come through or, you know, um, I use outlook and I know for some people, my email, the odd time will go to their junk and right. And so things like that. So I like to, from my end say, you know, I acknowledge receipt of your email. I will, um, you know, get back to you by the end of the day or, mm -hmm. or what, whatever. So I usually just start my day like that, get the girls off to school and then, um, you know, go back. And then typically what happens for me is I have all my emails sent out, you know, deals submitted, whatever I need to do. And then I'm waiting for people to get back to me. So then I usually go for my run. <laughs> Right. And um, the best part of my job is I take my phone and if my phone rings, if I get a text, I can hear a ding. If I get an email, I just stop and pause my watch and reply <laughs> as I need to. Um, I guess that's the bonus of being self-employed and, um, you know, in technology and being mobile nowadays, which I think, you know, one of the real positive things that's come out of this last year is we are all truly mobile and mm -hmm. you know if you just embrace it and uh learn it <laughs> right um yeah it's it actually it can actually buy you a lot more time in your day right because mm -hmm. typically you know um we would I would meet with a lender like this lender this week this lender next week I don't now I don't have to jump in my car and drive to the office and because I do have an office I work at Century 21 in High River and I do like to go in there a couple times a week but I don't have to right and so now we do a lot of just zoom calls and and it works so well and I think people are okay with that now in a way that maybe they weren't even a couple of years ago mm -hmm. you know like you said you're on a run on a run and you stop to take a call and that's pretty normal. Like it doesn't seem strange that somebody would be in the middle of doing something else. Right. And, and taking a call. Whereas maybe a couple of years back, we still would expect a mortgage broker to be at the desk. Right. And, yeah. And answering the phone. And so the, the, um, 
idea of professional seems to be different. Like you're still giving professional service, whether you're stopping by the side of the road to answer, you know, answer yeah. an email or take a call or whether you're sitting at your desk, it's the, it's the whole experience and your availability to your yeah. clients. I, I mean, I feel like it's better to answer your call, mm-hmm. my call then than not at all. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. and after the, uh, the people that are getting the mortgage appreciate that too. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you know, you like to respond to uh, emails that you get, even if you don't have an answer, I think that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And 95% of communication by email, that's huge. You know, um, especially between lenders, especially like, I mean, definitely I talk to my clients on the phone way, way, way more than I speak with a lender. Like I do have certain underwriters they don't even answer their phone. Oh, wow. It's it's all email because they have a workflow, you know, and I can't say because I've never been an underwriter from the other end, but, you know, they have a workflow and they answer them in priority sequence and it's based on closing date. It's based on condition of financing date. So to add answering a call and whereas, you know, time as well, you know, you can replace, apply to an email much quicker than you know by the time you have your little how are you how's your day right oh yeah sure yeah so for the lenders um their preferred means of communication is is email or um we have what are called portals so a lot of the lenders we submit a deal it gets uploaded into the portal I can log in and see it and then I upload all the documents into that portal and then I can see, uh, you know, for the most part, when when they've been viewed and signed off on, and um, you know, if there's something missing, that's how they communicate. So, so you really have to have a good understanding. I'm just thinking. So, somebody coming into this profession, uh, reading comprehension, big thing. There's lots of vocabulary, I'm sure, yeah. around that whole lending field. Oh yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and then being able to communicate your words clearly, succinctly, what you mean, so that otherwise your email would take forever, right? I yeah. imagine you get sort of some template kind of standard, you know, I get this kind of a question, this is the kind of answer I give. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, when I first um, am introduced to a client and I'm sending them the online application and consent form, you know, for the most part, I I try to find out, you know, what type of income they have, and then I can give them a clear um, email on what documents I will need. I will need them to send. So yeah, I do have a, you know, I have a basic template, but I actually, um, you know, customize it, I guess, for each, each client and, you know, try to um, typically I'll talk to them over the phone before I send that. So I try to, you know, incorporate, um, and, you know, speaking along that lines as well, just like you did with me, mm-hmm. uh, if I am going to meet with them or I am going to talk with them, I'll say, looking forward to meeting you on Tuesday at 1 PM, you know? Right. So. Just as like a little trigger yeah. reminder. Mm-hmm. Now you said you had, uh, Ruth was sort of, was she, would you consider her your mentor? Yeah, she, she started as my mentor. She started as my, um, 
I don't know the word trainer, but um, basically she taught me everything she knew. Um, And then we ended up buying um, a a brokerage together, her and I as business partners, um, which led us into uh, getting an office in Century 21, which has been a huge referral source for us because uh, the owner of Century 21 actually owned the franchise um, Centum, which was a, a sister company to Century 21. So Ruth and I bought in with Blair. And then that, you know, changed down the road. Um, and then we ended up um, switching and buying Dominion Lending Centers, um, Canadian Mortgage Experts. And that's how we're Heartland West now, because because Canadian Mortgage Experts is um, based out of BC, Surrey, BC. Okay. And so we're a sub franchise of them. But they're the largest brokerage in Canada. So being a tiny brokerage that we are, uh, with most lenders, you have to commit to sending a certain amount of volume to even be able to send a deal to them. So we were able to partner with CME and then have access to every lender at best rates. Um, Yeah, so it we did we moved uh, to CME in 2016. And that was a very, very good move. But by then, because we opened Centum in 2011, um, by then we'd already, you know, um, secured kind of our space at Century 21 and our relationships with the realtors there, um, which isn't, you know, we're not, we're not tied to Century 21, but we you know, have sort of the best of both worlds working out of that office. Right. And um, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, you know, like, I don't, I'm not a a realtor. Right. So sometimes if I'm working with another realtor, I'll say to one in our office, like, is this normal? Like, (laughs) is this what I'm supposed to be looking for? So it's a good relationship. So if somebody were uh, so can you work as a mortgage uh, assistant or do you jump right to like the mortgage broker and then you buy your own brokerage or I mean you, you, you could yeah um like a lot of the really um like Vancouver area of course is you know super it's just totally different industry obviously and um so I know you know some of those brokers that have you know got so busy that they need an assistant then yes um I, I'm sure there are some in Alberta. I don't, don't know of any that actually have assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's something that I do have someone that is taking the course right now and interested in joining our brokerage when they're done. Oh. And so he has just come because he can do this, that he's taking the course. He's come and just job shadowed me right. um, at the office a few times. And, um, you know, he's looked into his own mortgage and, you know, he's had friends <coughs> that know he's taking the course and have asked him questions and that sort of thing. So um, that's a good place to start. And then, you know, what will happen once he gets licensed is his, you know, first multiple deals, you know, <laughs> right. he and I will do together for the most part. Right. Right. I'll be, you know, walking him through because it's it's no different than most industries where most of the learning you're going to do is 
once you're hands-on. Right. Yeah. So is it kind of like a, you know, people can be realtors without being the broker. Yes. Um, But when you're a mortgage specialist, then you are the broker. No. So it's, um, it's similar to that. So um, like a real estate office, there's the broker that manages the brokerage. And then there's the realtors that are licensed with that brokerage. Yes. So it's, it's very similar with a, a mortgage brokerage as well. I just happen to be the broker right. of our brokerage, but then I also act, you know, most of my day is spent just typically being a mortgage associate. Mortgage yeah. associate. Okay. Yeah. The term. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. this, this guy that is training, he's training mm-hmm. to be a mortgage associate and that's where most people would start. Probably. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, it's not something that you are going to go quit your, quit your job and jump in and do this. It's, you know, it's, I guess that's where it is similar to say being a realtor. The right. biggest challenge is getting clients, right? Right. Right. And having, right. um, deals to work on. Right. I mean, right. this past 12 months have been very unique in the industry. You know, we have somewhat of a flow where, um, you know, January, February are quieter months. Um, you know, people aren't purchasing quite the same. And then come March and the good weather and they call it spring market. So, you know, people just get moving. They're thinking of buying, selling, you know, it's, it's easy to look at properties. Properties look nice, you know, with their yards all done. Right. And then, you know, coming into September, it'll slow down a little bit. I mean, Interestingly enough, this year, December, <laughs> like I don't, I typically don't have five people taking possession in December, right? But it, it just was what it was. We had no spring market in right. 2020. Um, so there was a, a big shift. And then now what's happening, actually, I'm really quiet right now because in High River, for example, there's no houses for sale. There's no product. So the realtors have clients. I have clients, but there's nothing for them to buy. So, so anyway, that, that's, that's a big challenge. I mean, it's a challenge for me, to be honest. Um, right. You know, just to, to keep your phone ringing. I mean, my best success is referrals. And that is how most of my clients come to me. And those are the clients that I actually want. Because, you know, typically, people that say have, you know, just googled and just randomly called, um, you know, don't don't know me didn't have someone say, yeah, I, you know, I, I'd try give her a call because I had a good experience. They're usually tire kickers. They just want to know what the rate is. And to me, it's not even about the rate, right? It's about so much more. Um, And usually those are the ones that we never see an end, you know, like I I may spend a lot of time because I only get paid. It's all commission based. So I get paid only when a deal closes, right? Two or three, four weeks after possession I get paid. So I'm highly motivated, um, you know, to provide really good service and, um, you know, put the clients into the 
proper product for them and, um, you know, walk them through the whole process so that the deal does close, right? Uh, you know, as it's meant to. Um, Cause that's the only way I get paid <laughs> because otherwise you're doing all this work and then it falls through and then, and then you've done all the work, right? So is there any, um, anything that you would say to people as far as written communication skills that, you know, if you, if you can nail this one thing, it will make the biggest difference. I know there's a bunch of, probably a bunch of things uh, but is there one thing that if you were looking to hire somebody mm-hmm. or looking to bring somebody into your brokerage, you would say, I'm looking for you to have this communication skill because it will, you know, help you secure clients, help your deals flow better, uh, help you get paid <laughs> faster. Yeah. You'll, yeah. You'll keep um, well, I mean, definitely, um, using your words very carefully um, and but it, on a positive in a positive way you know a positive tone um, and I mean to me and I am guaranteed I've done this a hundred times but um, like grammatically correct and spelling and you know I've I've been using grammarly mm-hmm. lately um, to me uh for myself and also for somebody say that we're joining our team. To me, that's very important that, um, you know, you have a, a sense of how it works and how communication, proper communication does work, right? And that you can put it on paper and it looks professional. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a sense of credibility right? When you receive an email and it's grammatically, like you don't notice the email, you just notice information Mm -hmm. as opposed to you get an email and the first thing your eyes are just drawn to the, (laughs) well, and you especially, (laughs) right? It's, uh, it's kind of terrifying everything, you know, when you said read everything three times before you send it out and yeah. And even then, you know, errors slip through and it's mortifying because of course, uh, then you see it, you know, you go back and, <laughs> and, you get and you're like, really? Oh, and you're like, why did I do oh, that? How did I? Yeah. How did I miss that? I bug other people about that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I, and for me, like I said, it's slowing down because this, this type of industry, when the pressure's on, it's on. <laughs> right. It, it, it can get pretty intense. Um, and there's so many moving pieces and there's so many pieces that are out of my control, right? So I have to, I at least take control of what I can and, you know, do it properly. (laughs) Try to. And I imagine make sure that those details are correct the first time. So Mm -hmm. that, because if you're on a bunch of people, right. And you have the details wrong, then. Well, that's right. And you know what? I mean, depending on, you know, the workflow of the underwriter, I might not get a response to an email for 24 hours. Right. And if what I sent the first time is incorrect, we're restarting the watch again. Right. Right. And, and most often time is not on our side. Right. You know, so, um, 
yeah, doing it right the first time <laughs> is good advice for myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. So where, where does somebody start with becoming a mortgage broker? Like what is the, if they there's were- an online course. Oh, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I took it uh, in 2008, it was all paper based right. in books. And I went down to Lethbridge college and wrote, mm-hmm. yeah, physically wrote, wrote the exams, but um, I'm not super familiar with it, just with the associate that's going to be licensed with us. So I've been able to see, so it's a two or three part process now. um, And it is all online. The final course, I know you still do have to go in Mm. um, and it's probably online, but you just are supervised. I'm guessing is how, how that works. Um, so he, he's working full-time at another job and he started, I want to say maybe September and he's expecting to be done um, the end of this month or, oh, okay. or in February. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And actually when I did it, um, uh, true, our youngest daughter was just one. And so I, kindly asked my mom to look after her, you know, couple of days a week, and I would spend eight to 10 hours a day working on it. So I did it in about two months. Oh, wow. Um, uh, You know, back when it was kind of pen and paper, but um, the the true learning is once you're once you're on the job. So I mean, for myself, and I think a lot of people, they start with their own mortgages, they start with their family, you know, their friends, refinances, right, where um, time, so a purchase, there's always the condition of financing date and home inspection and possession, whereas a refinance, you know, it's not super time sensitive. So that's usually the first place that you end up starting and, and you have time to really think about it. Cause, um, you know, when a deal comes to me, most of my time, once I put the deal together and have underwritten it myself and looked at all the documents, um, I spend the most time deciding which lender I'm going to send it to right. because which one has the product that fits. Um, you know, there's so much involved with, you know, making those decision. So if you are doing a refinance, you have more time to, you know, put into that because same thing, once you send a deal to a lender, um, we have to put notes into the deal. So there's another really, really important part of my job is selling, like, I feel like a a lawyer sometimes, right? (laughs) Like I, I'm selling my clients and my deal to that lender. Because for the most part, well, there's no straightforward black and white deal. You know, there's something weird usually going on. So whether there is a credit issue, whether the ratios are very tight, where the down payment is coming from, um, you know, I have to make it sound like the best deal that this lender has ever seen, even (laughs) though it might not be, right? Right. So um, that is what, and, and I'll have, I'll say to Ruth, okay, I've put this deal together. Can you read my notes and tell me what you think, what your impression is? And she'll be like, 
yeah, I think it sounds great. Or she'll be like, well, I would change the wording of this because of whatever. So I might reread those 10 times because once they're there, they're there and the lender, um, you know, most deals, a lot of deals are um, insured. So less than 20% down. So it not only gets approved by the lender, it has to get improved by, by the insurer. And from what I've taken from the underwriters, whatever notes we put in, that is seen by the insurer. They can't change that. So you have to, like I've had underwriters say to me, can you just email that to me, um, you know, instead of formally putting that into the notes because it, it, it's going to get seen by, by all. So, so words matter. <laughs> words matter. Yeah, they really matter. They really um, matter. You get yeah. your home or not. Yeah. And just having a story like, you right. know, maybe, maybe they did have a few late payments, but why did they have a few late payments? You know, life happens to everybody. And um, just explaining that sometimes that's that's all that the lender's looking for is just an, an explanation of some sort um but you know the as much as you can pretty it up right the better <laughs> right right yeah. for sure yeah mm -hmm. well so. thank you you have had an interesting <laughs> career so far <laughs> from business school and yeah. Uh, WestJet and Curves and now uh, Mortgage Broker, but you are helping people every day and it sounds like your words are getting people the dream homes that they want. Yeah, and you know what, I, I, that is my number one goal is, um, and I guess the biggest satisfaction I get from this job is, is a happy ending for people, you know, getting them getting them reaching their goals and helping them helping them get there so yeah so where can people find you so um we do have a website it's heartlandwest.ca um and then on there probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is is email or call or text me um that's that's the easiest way to get a hold of me um we are on facebook and instagram I'm actually not, um, I feel like, I guess I can only focus my time on so much, right? And I spend so much of my time on email and yes. um, actually Ruth's husband, Adam, he's, he's our um, techie guy. So he, he helps us out a lot like that. But yeah, just go to our website and that's an easy way, easy way to get a hold of us. Now, are you only able to do mortgages in Alberta, all across Alberta or in Canada or how does that, can you do? I can do them across Canada. We're licensed in Canada. Um, and I definitely have done, um, I've done in BC and I've done in Saskatchewan and I've done in Ontario. Um, you know, for the most part I do, I do Alberta and you know, if there ever is a deal that um, I don't feel like I can give, you know, the best service or information, say, for a particular area or product, um, like I say, I'm a part of CME, so I have a huge 
resource of, you know, very qualified people that, that could definitely help if, you know, if I ever could not, but definitely I can do um, across Canada. And honestly, most of the lenders, uh, often I'm dealing with an underwriter in Vancouver or Toronto, or, I mean, actually there's a lot in Calgary now. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and with most of my lenders, I have a designated underwriter. So um, a lot are in Calgary, but not necessarily. So, you know, and then they understand those markets as well. So it's just sort of a team effort sometimes. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today, sharing your, yeah, thank you. and your insights and, uh, and your joy of doing this for other people so that they can have their dream homes too. Yeah. And I hope it helps somebody else that do too. Uh, you know, might fun. be might be looking at this or thinking, uh, even even curious, like what's involved. Usually mm -hmm. by the time you're involved as a mortgage broker, you're just stressed about am I going to be able to move? And yeah. not really thinking about all the work that you're doing on your end to, you know, try to facilitate that transaction. So it mm -hmm. may, you know, gives people some awareness too. Yeah. And hopefully, you know. Anybody across Canada who is watching, go and find Andrea and she can get your next dream home. Well, I can't promise you that actually. <laughs> However, <laughs> she will do her best. I can promise you that. Thank you for joining me today for this interview with Andrea Glover. You can find Andrea at www.heartlandwest.ca. Or why not give her a phone call, 403-652-9475. If you're looking for a mortgage, interested in learning more about mortgage brokering, give her a call. If you'd like help mastering the writing skills Andrea mentioned, sign up for the free 7-Step Writing Jumpstart Kit. In this Jumpstart Kit, you'll find everything you need to walk you through the writing process, from deciding what to write to polished copy. You can go to summitwriting.net slash WITR slash WITR dash S2 E2 and get that free seven step writing jumpstart kit today. Until next time, keep writing in the real world.